As we know, we've had um, a few times where we've had groups of people get wiped out after after our Sunday lunches, and I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's just the season that we're living in right now in terms of because we've not been together as much. I don't know if it's just easier for us to pick up things from each other, or if it's just like this is how it's always been, and this sort of your meeting every week. You don't really set as much. But let's pray, and we'll jump into some updates. Um, yeah, that we have for, for each other. So Jesus, thank you for this time. God, I thank you for our church family. God, I pray that you be, um, be with us as we meet together today. I also pray, God, for people who are not able to be here. Um, I pray for those that are out of town. Um, I think specifically, God, Carl visiting his parents. Would you give him safety as he gets back? And um, we pray that we pull his family to you. Um, God, I pray for healing and protection, um, physically, for restoration. Um, God, I pray for a, a protection for people who just seem like they've been getting sick a lot. And I pray that you would uh, protect our bodies um, and healing. I thank you so much for a time to be together. Thank you for the meal that we just had. And I pray that you would, you would sense your presence and nearness with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, we have a couple of just more, like, updates from each other. Can you come and talk about your trip first? We're the first yeah. on the list. Um, so Jared's got a trip coming up. I'll ask him yeah. to give us an update so we can be praying and, and know what's happening there. Uh, like most of you probably know about this trip, but nevertheless. To, okay, so two... I'm zero way prepared for this. That's my bad. At the end of this week, I'll be leaving the country for two weeks. Uh, the first week will be in Dubai. The second week will be in Kathmandu in Nepal. Um, the first week, I'll be working on a documentary project that is telling the story of how God responds to prayer across cultures. Um, I can share more about that if you want to know, but I'm not going to talk a lot about it right now. But anyway, a lot of these different prayer leaders live in more eastern parts of the world, and so Dubai is kind of the central location, and they'll be kind of key players in this film. Uh, so that's happening. We uh, pray for that. Well, one, I've never made a documentary before, so I have no idea what I'm doing, which is great. So it's a little today. Also, a lot of people that are... What was that? Lots of feature role. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, the key players that are in the film are from more like hostile closed nations, and so there is some like legitimate risk involved, uh, especially for them. Not so much for me, but for them. So pray for that, pray for safety. Um, and yeah, I can, once again, I can share more about how the documentaries kind of happen, but um, it really seems like it's something that God's hands been on. There's been a lot of open doors with different, um, yeah, even producers and production companies and things like that. It's been really cool. Um, but I just pray, ask for prayer, like continued guidance. We're all kind of like first time doing something like this. And so there's a lot of unknown and a lot of, uh, yeah, we're like, you know, we want, we want to do this so that it, um, Honestly, is glorifying to God and uh, 
encouraging people to to go to places there. And so, um, yeah, just for guidance on how to communicate everything. Second part of the trip, so I'll be in Dubai for five days, and then I'm hopping over to Nepal. Nepal's like three hours away by plane. Um, yeah, I'm going to see Matthias, so that's what's happening. Uh, um, for those of you who aren't aware, Matthias is a missionary in Kathmandu for like nine months. Yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, he was here in December and had. We kind of like tossed around the idea of like, is it possible for me to come visit to kind of see like what you're doing, what your life is like, what ministry opportunities you have. Um, and we were kind of throwing around, and then like when the Dubai thing happened, it was like, well, this is a no brainer because I'm like a hundred dollars and three hours away, uh, which is pretty close. When, what was that? Yeah, serious. Yeah, <laughs> when we, yeah, relatively. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think a couple prayer points for that time. Um, one, I think, if you just pray for my time with Matthias, um, being a foreign missionary, well, I've never really been a full-time foreign missionary, but from what I've gathered, it can be a pretty difficult experience uh, because you have a hard time making friends and feeling like at home in the culture that you're living in. And so pray that it would just be a refreshing time for him. And that I could just be, yeah, a source of God's refreshment, encouragement. Um, and then, yeah, I think Matthias is um, kind of considering what his longer-term commitment to Nepal will be. Uh, without getting into too many details what that is. But one of the great things that I would feel like God's timing in is in this is that um, he has some visa decisions to make like by the summer. And when it came to be a possibility that I could go visit, he was like, wow, this is really, it was like God's timing because you can like really see kind of what's going on here and really partner in prayer with me as to like what my next steps in Nepal are. So, um, so yeah, pray for that. And then I think beyond that, he and I are going to have different opportunities to minister and speak to Nepali churches and believers. Um, I have no idea what to expect there, but... I'm sure it would be great. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like I missed anything? What do you need from us in terms of prayer and anything else? Prayer is the biggest thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's pray now. And then also, I think, if, as you see kind of like what is unfolding, if you can like make sure we get updates as you're able to so we can know how to pray. Um, we spent a lot of time at the beginning of the year last year when we were still meeting every Sunday going through different scriptures about prayer and I feel like that's a really important thing I've had individual conversations with some of you and feeling like prayer is something you can almost forget about how important it is like you pray but you kind of forget in a prophetic culture sometimes like we really value prophetic words and so when we pray for people um, you know I just remember we would be sending people and say, okay, we've got to like limit. You can't absorb 45 minutes of prophetic words coming at you. But people are like, I just like, feel like when we're praying, I never get any prophetic words. Prayer and prophetic words are not the same thing. And there's just a real value of when we follow through and are consistent with prayer. Jesus said that like, whenever you pray, pray like this. When he came out of what we call the Lord's Prayer, he talks about like just being committed to consistent prayer. 
And he tells a story about a, a widow and an unjust judge. Right? So for us just to commit, like we pray now, but for us to make like commitments in prayer, it doesn't take a long time. It's not like you have to um, say a certain number of words to get God to listen to you. But there's something about being committed to things in prayer that Jesus said um, is very connected to his heart and the Father and the Father is pleased with. And specifically, he goes into this place, out of, out of that, after that story of the woman and the unjust judge, he goes into the place of, where he's telling to this group, he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father give the Holy Spirit to ever ask? So I think that I love the, the fact that if we pray right now, people might give you prophetic words that are amazing. But I think in a way, if it turns into a prophecy time instead of prayer time, it devalues the importance of just committed prayers. And that's not glamorous or sexy, but it really pleases God's heart when we continue, like prayer's a way of us confessing back to him and we're relying on his strength. So can we have a few people come and let's gather around and just take, take time to pray right now? If you do have a word that you want to share with him, that's fine, but let's, again, within the context of right now, the goal is not to have a 45-minute prophecy session. Um, but let's pray. Can I, can yeah. I one more prayer request that I forgot about? Um, well, a lot of you guys know I'm like still in school right now, so uh, a lot of you also know international travel is brutal sometimes, uh, and yeah, I'm a little uh, nervous about that aspect of the trip, of keeping up with school and finishing all that stuff while being uh, on the other side of the planet and jet lag and all that stuff, so yeah. Father, thank you for this film. Thank you for the heart to capture what you're doing in prayer. Thank you specifically for this opportunity to work with these underground church leaders in Dubai and how that's opening the door even for the other part of the trip. Father, we start at the end where Jerry just left us. God, we, we ask that you would grace him, that you would protect him, protect his body, protect his mind. We speak uh, wholeness over you. We speak rest. We pray that as you travel, um, you wouldn't feel like you're being depleted. And God, we recognize that um, there are decisions that we make and we want to know how to give you our yes and then also operate in a way that's healthy and whole and I pray that as Jared has prayed about this and his discernment is a step for you to take God I just really ask that you would show your grace to be his supply that he won't get behind won't get worn down and Father we pray for your grace and your favor of those leaders that there would be right connections and right relationships we pray against distraction God, I ask that you would give Jared clarity about the season and that even in this time of trip, he would know better how to expect what's coming um, as they commit to make this film. And Father, we especially pray and cover the time with Matthias. Thank you for Matthias. Thank you for the yes in his heart for you. God, we honor and bless what he's doing there. We pray that as Jared go, that he would be that place of refreshment, through like a, a, a clear spring. I pray for good opportunities for friendship and for fun and just for clarity in the midst of that. 
And even as Matthias gets ready to come home for the summer, God did just this time with him um, and, and Jared together in March. Um, God, that there would just be seeds of what you were doing in both of their lives. God, that as they are committed to each other and you, um, God, that this would be an important touch point time. Jesus, I pray that you would come bless Jared to know exactly what you're asking of him in this trip. That there be no like, responsibilities that he takes on. Like, it's not what you're doing or what you're asking of him. So just come, like, impart your heart to him. Because yes, Jared, what is, what is motivating you or, like, moving you to compassion? So you can just rest and, and abide in you in the midst of all the new things.
Like I was like, and then coming back, I was like, I'm in a And I feel like this is like one of those trips that you're gonna leave one way, you're gonna come back to the depth of maturity and like deepness that wasn't there before. And it wasn't something there like, oh yeah, this is just what happened like the things that like, the intentionality of just like doing it with the Lord is gonna produce something that like, is so beautiful that like you might not realize and it might be like, really like it's there's gonna be hard moments, there's gonna be great moments, there's gonna be all everything. Um this is what happens when we travel. Um but like in that like the Lord just gonna be like polishing you and like I just had to picture like polishing you with like the mud of like that you're walking through. Like that's actually polishing. Like don't like miss out on like washing like feet. Like don't let like don't go a day without the Lord like opening up space for the Lord to wash your feet. And for you to wash your eyes is because my eyes wash your feet. And the people around you like that is like called to do so don't like miss it. Because like there's gonna be like the mud that's gonna be polishing, but they're also like the place that's like taking out like the reason it's polished is like that mud whenever it comes off is gonna take off the layer that's just like you need to know. It was like slowly like producing more like pure and like less Feedback you got from some people who've 
gone through it. That's been meaningful to you, like the stuff. Specifically. Oh, the like yeah. the good people. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Please only share the good feedback. Katie. <laughs> We've talked a lot about like the structural feedback that people have shared, like what hasn't worked structurally and what they feel like would be beneficial to change. And so at first I thought that's what you were talking about. Yeah, just over the last year, I would say, and especially in the last six months, I have kind of been surprised by how many people who no longer live here for the most part. but people who have come here for summer in the Grove or stayed for summer in the Grove and been sent out and talking to them about some like work changes that Brad and I have had and that we were considering doing summer in the Grove or a lot of these were even before we did summer in the Grove or before we were considering doing it this year. Um, just the number of people who talked about the importance of that and like the long-term trajectory of their lives and their relationship with Jesus. And to be honest, some of the people who talked to me about that, I was surprised because I thought they were more likely to be the people who would be like, this is why I'm screwed up and dealing with all the questions I have about Christianity and faith and the church and religion and all these things now. And instead, they're like, this is why I'm still following Jesus, even though I have all of these questions still and there's still things I'm working through or I don't agree with this theologically or whatever, but like... I feel like there was just a six-month period where it was like every couple weeks, someone who didn't live here was either calling me or having a conversation with me or sending me a text message about how crucial AOX and Grove City and their time doing something in the Grove was. Um, Specifically in regards to like a place of healing and safety to work through issues that they have with the Lord and with the church in general. and how they felt like we needed to make sure that that was kept a priority in Grove City. Um, So that's part of why I'm really excited to be doing it again, because I feel like all of my fears and questions of like, are we doing more harm than good in Summer in the Grove? Is this actually going to be beneficial? A lot of the people that are the reasons that I have those questions were the ones coming back being like, no, you must do this. Like, this is so important. So. Think things I've never yeah. thought. <laughs> so. You've never thought? Okay, I've, well, I I've never thought. <laughs> yeah. So, we do need a lot of prayer. Um, we also need to be praying. We won't know exactly um, who all is coming, but we'll need prayer for... Um, places for people to stay. So whether that is people within our community that have rooms, that they'd be willing to have open. So we've shortened the, the amount of weeks that we're doing it. And also one of the structural changes um, that people have fed back to Katie about more, which is like Mondays were really, really long and hard. Um, the thing that, on the flip side of that, that gave us one day, it was like a class day. And so people were able to like work, which made it more accessible to people who have been here. When we did Life in the Grove, um, it is not our desire to see people only get discipled whenever they come for a summer internship, right? So we are structuring this where it's not going to be just one crazy long day, which means um, we have other things to work through, but we're thinking looking at um, a few mornings in the week, um, three mornings in the week that will be there. So we need prayer for um, a lot of logistics as we're trying to pray through um, how we're inviting people, where they'll stay when they get here, but... This is one of the core, doesn't really make sense, guys. We're a really small church. 
And, but honestly, this is like three or four times as many people as where we started. And we started, we started um, AOX in large part to do Summer in the Grove. We started as a church community to be a place that we can invite people to come. And that's first year. So our, our 12th birthday, I think, is coming up in, in April. And we started Summer in the Grove like in May. So that was like our, our runway. So be praying with us about that. That's important. Um, we'll get information out. And probably in, uh, once we have the packet ready, um, we'll just include that in an announcement where you can check that out and see if you know anybody you want to invite to be a part of that. Thank you, Katie. Good. Um, write these down. There's a couple of dates you need to know about. March 17th is our next worship night. Our buy oil night will be Friday, March 17th. How many of you were able to come out to the last night that we had here? Awesome. Anybody just like want to shout out a couple things for that night? Anything that you thought was significant or impactful for you? Pennsylvania. So thank you for being here. And it's kind of crazy. One of the couples that was here from Ambridge, I was at the funeral home um, with my family for my aunt. And one of the couples that was here, um, a young guy on their on their leadership team for the couple that was here was with me. We were in a room. We we're kind of like having our own little house church in the at the in a room at the funeral home. It was pretty it was pretty fun. Uh, so that was encouraging. Anybody else? What was anything personally impactful for you? What did you see as you were looking at Jesus? Feel like the Lord spoke anything to you? I think other churches just signing up to be a part of something we're doing. Like Joe and Emily stepped up to lead worship. So cool. They didn't have to do that, right? So it felt like, man, God is moving on the hearts of a collective people. Yeah. I know Katie told me several times it was pretty encouraging for her to feel like there was, you know, we try to do a overnight prayer thing or 24 hop and times it was like we're like pulling teeth to try to get people to be in the room. And this time everybody's just like, yes, yes, yeah, I want to do that. So um, March 17th, we know we'll have worship that night. Um, Micah and Liz should be leading from 6 to 8. As far as we know right now, we're not necessarily planning on doing anything um, beyond that, but we'll see if we do. Uh, we do need, we will be giving you a way to respond. We want to do some prayer um, stuff the week, a uh, holy week. So between Palm Sunday, which will be April 2nd, and Easter, we'll be having prayer-focused stuff here. So you don't have to lead an instrument or play with an, an instrument to be able to be here and facilitate prayer and worship. It's really, really important. Um, that's one way we can facilitate things. But we will be sending out, and we'd like to get that stuff done in a way we can invite other people to be a part of that time as well. So obviously that's the time, just like today, um, students are gone for their, Grove City students on their mini spring break. I don't know um, about any other schools, but I know that right now, as we think about the time in April, we won't have any students here. That'll be their Easter break um, that whole week. Um, but it's a time that we really wanted to set aside. So if you, 
uh, can be thinking about what, how you would like to be involved or if you have ideas of prayer rhythms that you'd like to be involved in that week. Um, we are, are looking forward to that, so we'll, we'll get information out about that. Jerry, did you guys ever nail down a date for the worship gathering? Yeah, right now we're uh, playing on the 31st. Okay, so that's like March yep. Friday, March 31st. Yeah, we'll, we'll send out a text about it um, to everyone who's reached out. Yep, so Michael and Jared mentioned last month at our meal about just things that are in their heart for, for worship and for worship community, specifically people who would be interested in um, helping to lead and facilitate worship within our community. Uh, I'm not going to go back and reshare all of that, but that date, March 31st right now, is in pencil. Uh, we will send that out um, Hopefully within the next week before Jared gets out of here. Um, Any other announcements that you guys know about? I've got a couple other things before we shift in uh, to a little bit of debrief and and work time today. Anything else that you know about? I have not. Guys, sorry about Thank you, Adrian. Um, So Katie sent out in the text message this week that Jan Erb... um, is in the hospital or in the nursing home of the Mercer and invited people to do um, cards or letters. I wanted to give you guys more of an update. I've talked to some of you individually, um, not everyone, um, but they, I wanted to just give you an update of what's going on so you know how to pray. Um, a few weeks ago, I want to say three weeks ago, there were some fluid that she was dealing with. Um, and so they took her to the, the hospital, did a lot of tests. She was actually in gross sleeper a day while they were waiting for a bed to open up in Pittsburgh, sent her down to a hospital in Pittsburgh, and she's got um, some issues with her liver and with her heart. Because of her heart. Because of her heart. So it's going on in the liver. But they diagnosed her with a disease that's not treatable. Um, So we need to pray for the family. There's a lot going on with the family, but they have put her into a hospice care up at this place in Mercer. Um, her mind is very sharp. Uh, John and Janine both said that like cards would be very good if you have a relationship with her and you want to write to her, like please, like don't not write, she's not you know, in this place that she can't, that she's not aware of what's going on. But this is a hard time, so Jen was involved with Julie and with Janine and making the decision um, to do that. Um, they are right now trying to figure out some uh, more like healthcare options. Yes. They're bringing her home today. And did, you know they got the healthcare stuff? That was the only way they were going to be able to move. Okay. So they had reached out to see if they could try to get some home healthcare people, but there were people who would be, need to really be able to take care of her. So Julie is also moving in. So we need to cover the whole family um, right now. They really... Uh, and if you don't really know Jim and Jen or didn't know them, which most of the people in the room today who do, um, if you didn't know them, just let's, let's keep praying. Um, also this week, uh, Jan's grandson, Philip, was in a, uh, an accident. Adrian, have you got any updates on that? Yeah. So, yeah, come, Adrian, come share that. She's going to go back to her house. Okay. Basically, they're going back to the house because there's going to be like lots of care. Yeah, so it's more, 
So she can be at home and not be in a place. But so they're moving it to home hospice. Is that yes. correct? Accurate? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, Adrian's got an update on this. So this would be, there is a brother that lives in Kentucky named Jeff, and this is his son. Yeah. So his name is Philip. Um, so he is, as of yesterday, I think, um, he is still under sedation at the hospital. He has a skull fracture, facial fracture, collarbone fracture, cracked ribs, and a brain bleed. Um, and so they're still not sure what happened. Uh, it was unclear what happened, but he definitely is in need of prayer. So <clears throat> let's pray for them now, okay? Let's, let's go ahead and pray for them now. And if you, I would really encourage you, if you have it in your heart, to send cards or letters. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be... Um, you know, if some of you want to visit, I think that that would be like, pray about it and you can reach out to John or Janine to find out. Just understand right now there's a lot of moving parts. And um, when we asked what we could do to help them, they said prayer, cards, and letters. So like, I just feel like it's really important if, if they're letting us know that, let's try, to, let's try to do that well, okay? Father, my heart is aching um, for this family right now, I gotta know that this has been hard already and these developments. And so we just bless Jan. We trust you with her, God. We know that she um, has walked with you, has cultivated a relationship with you. And God, I know that as she thinks about um, what's happening in her body right now and just the fact that she's a nurse and is kind of aware medically of things, God, we just speak peace over her heart becoming this any place of anxiety that would come against the family. We speak blessing. Would you show us how we can love them? But God, move us in prayer for them. Move us in a place of compassion. Thank you for um, the heritage that we have with that family and the way that you allowed Jim and Jan and their walk to impact so many of us in this room and our just our collective journey together. As Jan moves home today, we just pray peace and we pray that everything that John and Janine and Julie and Jonah need, and even for people who are going to be coming in to help, God, we just pray for deep encounters. I thank you for the legacy of Presence Place. And I pray that the presence of Emmanuel would just be so um, thick there that this would not feel... Um, they wouldn't feel alone, but they would sense your closeness and your presence. We love you. We say thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for, for that update. God, we also pray for Philip right now. We pray that you touch his body. God, we don't know what all's happened, but God, I know that Jeff has been through it physically and that we know there's just a lot that's been happening. God, we just pray for breakthrough. We pray, um, God, I thank you for how we've seen you work in Philip's life before. And God, we don't need you to do something that you can't do. So we ask you to come and touch him. We ask right now, we join our prayers together with other people's prayer. God, we pray for breakthrough in Jesus' name. God, I pray for all these things specifically with the brain bleed and the, and the skull fracture, the facial fractures. God, we pray right now for restoration. 
God, I just think of, um, God, I just think of all the testimonies of times we've seen you move and we've seen you work and we know that you're able to do that um, again today. And so we come and we ask for a miracle. We believe, God, that you are more than able to do that. So we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> last last update kind of thing is uh, Monica has been with Mike and Lish now for about three weeks, and she has a couple more weeks that she'll be staying there before um, the list have some other friends coming in. Um, I know last month we talked about a couple different things regarding just her time there. Um, Again, just in, in summary, there's more of a, a long-term plan than there is right now, but between now and, and sometime this summer, um, there's just some spaces where we're not exactly sure where she's going to be staying. So a few different people have reached out to me and said, hey, we've, we've prayed about that. You know, so Mike and Lish actually came before we said anything publicly and said, hey, we've been thinking maybe we should host Monica. Um, we are looking for a place she would, would, they would like to see her transition out on the, the weekend of the 17th. That is the, kind of the time frame uh, where we would like to see Monica have a space. So if you would be open to having her for anywhere from two weeks to, you know, uh, a month to six weeks, stay uh, with you. Would you please get in touch with me? And even if you don't know if now is the right time, I don't want it to feel stressful every time that we're doing this. This is a place that what we... What we prayed, and it's, it has been, I would say, February was a difficult month for a lot of people in terms of there was different sicknesses going around. So Monica got there. She got sick for the first, like, week to 10 days. I know the day that we planned to have her come over and hang out at our house, um, she got sick. And so there's been times where she just feel like she's just kind of been isolated out there. And so even when there's been opportunities for her to come in, she was either sick or just the people she's going to hang out with sick. I would like to see this be one place that we really can, like, just practice excelling in a situation that doesn't seem like it's necessarily um, makes sense, right? So we don't, we don't know um, how the next few months are going to go with her. But if you would um, be interested in, in finding out more or talking to me about being open, um, we can discuss the theology of this later. But in terms of like making space to welcome people in your home, I don't think that's something that some people are called to and some people aren't. The way I read the New Testament is that something that we're all invited to from the, from the teachings of the New Testament. That doesn't mean that every day you should have somebody living with you, um, but it feels like, and I think we've grown a lot in this area, but I feel like there's still a perception sometimes well, some people are called to that and some people aren't. And I would just tell you, is, um, there's been lots of times that Adrian and I have had people staying in our house that it was not convenient but I feel like we've grown to become more like Jesus in the midst of making that stretch. So I'm not saying that to pressure you. I am saying if you've never really considered that being something that you could do or always thought, I don't know how other people do that. I really um, want to encourage you to, to pray about that stretch because it's an important part of practicing um, hospitality. And one of the scriptures, whenever, I'm just saying this from a place for me, when I'm like, God, why are we doing this? I just come back to the scripture where Jesus said, you know, a cup of cold water in my name. When have you done this to the least of these? And so there's been times we've had really, we've had homeless people stay with us we didn't know. We've had family members stay with us. We've had um, people we're discipling stay with us. We've had people who didn't like us stay with us. And if I'm doing it so that we can be good, that's the wrong reason. And if I'm even doing it for their sake, I don't even know if that's the best reason. 
But if I can come to a place where I see that that kind of living is a place of worshiping and hosting Jesus, it brings things back to a different place for me. It's not necessarily always what I think is best for me. Um, and there's a balance. And again, if you have questions about that, we can talk about it. Um, but it's kind of like if there's places I see in the life of Jesus that I never am stepping, I just want to, those are the places I want to stretch in my growth of Jesus, right? I don't want anybody to feel forced or pressured. I'm just saying if this is a place that you've not tried, I would love to pray with you about that because I think that not only will it be good for Monica, long term we believe that her connecting with more people will actually be healthier for her. Um, so that's what we're praying, okay? Um, so I, you can text me right this second if you know that you're interested because I think sometimes I ask you stuff like in the midst of these moments and then we talk about a bunch of other stuff. So if you're even thinking about it and if you happen to hear this on announcements on a replay, please text me. I'd love to talk to you about that. So, all right. That's all that, that's it for the announcements. Um, all we're gonna do for the next few minutes, I, wonder, I do wanna read a couple verses from John 14 and 15. But, and Luke and I are just gonna kind of share a conversation we've had, so we're not gonna have time to do teaching today. But we did ask five questions from Nehemiah. And one of the things that is hard about the way we're doing church right now is that we have these opportunities and we ask questions and there's not really a place to be brief on that. And so maybe there's no one who has anything to say on that, but I didn't want to ask those questions and not give space. Uh, Those questions were based around Nehemiah 4 and the word we received about that. So um, I'm just going to pray again uh, for this more like word time and then we'll just have have, uh, a chance to go through this and then and look at the context of what we're trying to do here. Um, We'll look at John 15. So God, thank you for all the updates. God, I thank you for the funding that came in from Malawi. I thank you that last month we were able to send uh, money not only for the seeds and stuff, but also the first installment for the um, for Dixon's interns and for those who are going out. God, would you please continue to bless that, grow that? God, I thank you for the um, thank you for the ways you're working in our life. And as we just review um, things we've talked about before together as a family, God, I pray that you would come and breathe on it. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, because I want to, I don't want to try to go back over everything we talked about before. Is there anyone you felt like there was something as you were processing and, and, and specifically you feel as, we, as you were processing those questions from Nehemiah that there's something you think would be beneficial for everybody to hear? You may have found things that you wrote down as we talked about um, burnt stones, we talked about gaps, we talked about how God was positioning us, uh, we talked about how uh, the Lord was um, calling us into times of refreshing and purification that you journaled about personally, but if there's something you feel like you wanted to share with anybody, is there anyone that has that? Because I don't want to spend time there if we shouldn't. Can you review the questions? Uh, I don't really want to review the questions if nobody's ready. I mean, I think we could talk about it for a long time, but if like, I just... I feel kind of convicted right now that in the way that we're doing church, there's not necessarily space to debrief and unpack. And we're going to hopefully be, maybe try to address that with some stuff with simple churches. Um, but I just know that right now we're not there. But I feel like if we did, we could get sparked on that and not get past that today. Um, we, were, we, we, were, we were in Nehemiah 4. Um, and if we need to go over all the questions, I'm not against doing that. I just want to make sure that we don't 
How about, did you raise your hand? Yeah, I have just a quick comment. Mm -hmm. My heart is just that we would all, in this season, and I think those questions are really great starting points for us. My heart is that God would unite our hearts together, that one of the things that they talked about is they were of one mind, you know, and they were united in what they were doing. And right now, we're, we're kind of scattered in different places and things. But the Holy Spirit can knit our hearts together, even though we're not all one big clump of people all the time. And so I just would encourage all of us to be praying that God would bring our hearts to that same place of submission and surrender to whatever that work is that he wants to do in us and that he would guide us of what that's supposed to look like practically because I know leadership is trying to figure that out and I think that we all have something important in terms of what that's supposed to look like. So, But I think our starting point is that God just unites our hearts so that we're all working together in one, as one in him as we move forward this year. That's perfect. That's good. I remember as Brad was sharing last month about the burning stones. Um, remember he was saying that people aren't burnt stones, right? It's easy to think like, oh, there's this burnt place in my life because of this person or this issue or this moment. And the Lord, as I was journaling this past month, I guess, just the Lord reminded me that like he's taking the, the places that are burnt and the places that are you know, kind of stuck and renewing them. And so I just got a message from a friend recently and they were like, hey, I'm coming to Grove City, I'd like to see you. And just this, turning over those places where whether I feel like I failed or missed it or whatever it's looked like, the Lord's just been kind of churning the places where I feel like I failed and reminding me that, like, he's in it and showing me. So I guess less of, like, collectively, but personally, he's showing me, like, this is the places where, like, this is how you view it, Derek, and this is what I've actually done. Does that make sense? That's good. So what we said, just to clarify, is that um, people, are, people are not rubbish. It's rubbish was the other, other question. One of the rubbish is you remove one of the bird stones God wants to revive. And sometimes that might be relationships, sometimes that might be places in our hearts, the bird stones, but other, other things are like rubbish that needs to be removed. Yeah, it's good. All right, uh, my heart would be that over the next 15 minutes, um, 20 minutes, I'm gonna try to share a little bit of stuff out of conversation with Luke, but I woke up, I've been praying about this week. Um, felt this morning, whenever I got up, and I know there'd been some people messaging me yesterday just concerned about sickness or they're out of town. One of the things for me that's just a place of pain is that we are, we've tried to create a um, rhythm with church right now that serves the people and places where they're at. And I was just asking the Lord um, to show me a picture, and it just kind of reminded me of family. And so when I was a little kid, especially whenever I was um, my, my mom and my dad and my sister Amy and I, there were four of us and family. Until I was 10, the family was four of us, and even for the first few years after that, when people said family, I thought about the four or five of us because that's what I knew. And I knew that there was like, okay, sometimes we go to grandma's house, sometimes we do this thing. But then things began to change the older we got. And all of a sudden I have basketball practice and I have baseball practice. And then for a while, the family then kind of added the dimension of like my sports schedule 
impacted the family schedule. Does that make sense? That became a part of what we did. But then Amy started playing sports, or Amy was involved in a choir thing, and so now we've got family going in different directions. And I remember having a conversation about, John, about this with John Weiss, and at one point in time, the way their kids were spaced out, their kids were all involved in sports, but they were never close enough in age to be involved in the same teams. So they had like a, a, high, school, a high schooler that was like graduating, going to college, uh, another son who's coming into high school, a daughter in middle school, and a son in elementary school. And he and Janine were often going four different directions on the same night, trying to figure out how to do that. And I feel a little bit like that with church right now. And, um, and it's hard because like sometimes I just like, can't we all just like be together? And like that would just be the best thing if we were all in the same room all at the same time. But as you grow, and one of the things I really believe that um, the reason why family is such an important picture as we think about church, I think that I believe that from a, a doctrinal place, in the New Testament, Paul specifically teaches about the church as God's family, is in family, there's this place where as we grow individually, our role changes without our identity uh, being taken away. I, I never stopped being a son when I became a brother, and I didn't stop being a brother whenever I became a husband. I didn't stop being a husband whenever I became a father. Does that make sense? Are we all together in that? But there is something so important that I want us to, to come back and touch as we, so if you want to just turn to John 14, we're going to read a couple of scriptures, but I want to come back and remind you of three questions we've talked about before from um, Floyd's book, You See Bones, I See an Army. It's in chapter two. And here are the three questions. What is church? What is church? And we're not going to try to necessarily come up with uh, original answers today for all these things. But I think it's important that we kind of remember what it is we're trying to do. What is church? Number two, what is the purpose of church? What is the purpose of church? And number three, how should we do church? Or what should church look like? So, Jerry, Mr. Bible College. Yeah. What is church? Uh, What's that? We're asking together as a crew today. Yep, so Jared said the first thing that comes to mind is the word ecclesia, and it's the assembly of the citizens, uh, depending on how deep you want to go with that, with the way that word gets formed, the called out ones, okay? Anybody have something you want to add? Like, a, we'll add and take a minute to answer this what is church question. Body of Christ. Body of Christ? Yep. It's the body, it's the bride, it's the building. Right? All of those come to us from Ephesians. It's the building, it's the house of God, the household of God, which for each living stone is being built together. I am not the bride of Christ. I am not the body of Christ. I am not the building of Christ. Right? So if I am a child of God. So we have this idea of family where we are children that share something together and then we have these pictures that 
Specifically, Paul gives us the body, the bride, and the building where we each understand that there is like, we are to steward ourselves and we're also to recognize that we're part of something beyond that. That's what is church, okay? We're gonna talk a little bit about more two and three. What is the purpose of church? Joe, what were you gonna say? Um, just that one of the family, I think uh, I, always, I always do better when my church is a community. Yep, the church is what operates and functions in community. We'll probably come back to that in number three. What's the purpose of church? What's that? Edify. Edify. Royal priesthood. Glorify God. Good. So they're so they're glorify, edify. Yeah, both Ephesians and Galatians talk about like growing into the headship, like unifying with the groom, right? The bridegroom. So they take different ways. But okay. Yeah. The body be worthy of the head. Yep. So just in we could we could go deeper in this, but like just in some somewhat familiar language of things we talked about before. Um, we talked about like the idea of it's the Upward, it's the inward, it's the outward. There's, there's these three things that we see in scripture where we as a church, purpose-wise, things that should be happening is that we should be glorifying God and honoring God. We should be edifying and building up each other up, loving each other deeply. And then part of the purpose also is as we're doing those things that we are then extending uh, the message of God's love to people who do not know him yet. So it's this idea, uh, Pam Arland and Floyd McClung talked about it in terms of Divine truth is our vertical relationship with God, nurturing relationships with each other, and apostolic mission of seeing the gospel go out. So I would just say church is the body, the bride, the building, the family of God. Purpose of church is for us to grow in glorifying him, for us to grow together in love, and for us to live with the passion of seeing the good news of Jesus spread. Um, Katie and I were having a good conversation about a quote Matthias Center this week and um, about just the places of sometimes the language we use around evangelism almost creates a barrier to actually living it out. But we are called to be witnesses of his love and then share, share that with the people that, that come into our lives. And, and depending on whether, you know, if you're waiting for someone to walk into your living room so you can share with them, I mean, make sure you tip the delivery man really good, right? <laughs> Uh, but like that's we're called to, to like not just when people come to us, but we go to them on purpose. Church isn't just defined by who comes in, but how we go out and who we encounter when we go. Okay. That last one um, again, we'll take maybe you know just a, a couple of, of, of quick questions because I want to I want to pull us back to um, this passage. We probably talked about more than anything else we've talked about together from the Lord in the last several years, uh, but. How should we express church? What, what should church look like? The way I see it, um, we are an organism in which the spirit dwells and our being present and allowing the Holy Spirit to do his thing in and through us is one of the reasons, one of the things that we should be doing when we are together, whether it's just two of us or tons of us. So when I go to church or when I go to small group or when I interact with other believers, I'm always expecting 
both that they will have something from God for me and that I will have something from God for them, no matter what it is. And I might not even know what it is. There have been times when people have made some off comments, not so fat, but like offhand comment that really ministered to me or did something that really ministered to me and they had no idea what it was. And I'm sure that's happened with me as well. Um, and the other thing is I think that being together gives us an opportunity to talk to each other about what God is doing in our lives in whether it's to ask for prayer or to teach one another or to, um, to just praise God and then my praise you know, brings glory to God so and then also in his days we worship which I, I'm thinking of increasingly less as singing and more as giving, because that's the Old Testament model. So there's really no way for us to give unless there's someone to give to. So I think those are the things that we're, you know, should, we should be doing. You know, and God gives us uh, gifts, right? And the suggestion here is that there's going to, we're going to need gifts of administration or gifts of teaching and gifts of tongues and other stuff like that for the Holy Spirit to be at work among us doing the things that we just talked about. Yeah. The two things that come to mind when you ask that is each joint's flying the need of the other and being open together in love and covering for each other but also for people to good. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Susan. Jerry. Yeah, say I just think of Acts 2. Um, yes, he's been at the temple and the book there from house to house. So there's this idea of like house to house and um, Specifically in context, whenever they met in the temple, they were meeting at the place responsible for crucifying Jesus right after it happened. So not only was it their meeting together, but they're meeting together publicly in a way that they were coming together to hear teaching of God's word that was kind of like at the park in the middle of the busiest time. It was a very different thing. It's almost hard for us to imagine in our Western thought what it was like. They were not Jews going to the temple. They were believers meeting on the porch of the temple. Does that make sense? So when we read that, we think that that really captured all three of those things within those few statements. They were outward, they were upward, and they were in each other's houses regularly. And so the way we think about how we're doing what we're doing is just really important. We're going to pull back into John 14 and 15 here. I love what Floyd said. I think, I think he said in the book, I remembered in the conversation. Um, but does he say in the book that it's the responsibility of every generation to reimagine what church should look like in its context? Is he talking about that? I know some of you guys have read that. Okay. Yeah, so it's just like, I think that even within, like, guys, in January, we decided, hey, it's New Year's Day. Let's do lunch together. We were trying to figure out, are we going to do anything? Okay, we'll do lunch together. And I heard so much good feedback about how much better it was to do lunch than it was to do it in the morning. And then I was meeting with Katie and Jared. Like, everybody thought meeting at lunch is the worst time possible to do that. Like, it's just too late. It's just, like, it messes everybody's schedule up. And I'm like, man, we're trying to figure out how we create 
a couple of things that it's almost like my prayer is that we want to see. I, I look forward to the day that we feel healthy and um, mature enough where there can be an ongoing regular expression of something that would take place here on a Sunday morning. Not because I think that to me is my ultimate expression, but I know there are people, their only idea of accessing the gospel or coming back to God is, oh, what time does your church meet on Sunday? That's the only place they know how to do that. And we live in a very church culture. And so if we're gonna be relevant for the people that live in this town, if we could be in a place where there was like overflow and we could have regular meetings here every Sunday, I think that would be such a healthy expression and that we would grow up into that. But in the season we're in right now, we're trying to get people to stretch muscles and practice things and, and meet in small groups. Like, I haven't even tried to push everybody to be in a simple church, but like finding at least a few people because I really believe that my, Matthew 18 place of like, we have to take a radical responsibility for the root of our own faith. Then we learn how to carry things with two or three other people. And then hopefully that you're involved in some kind of a simple church community. And, but like, I would love it if when we were able to have, say that our gathering time for like the bass drum and a marching band, that there was a time that when we hit the drum, we could say, we're all gonna be together. We're all hearing that drum beat. We know exactly what we're doing. So we're able to each play our own instrument. And you got the, the first trump, the second trump, and the third trump, and everybody is able to be comfortable in how they're growing and how they're stretching, but we also understand what we're doing together. Does that make sense? So there's an ache in my heart, not because there's not a lot of people here this morning, there's an ache in my heart, because I know we have family members that are in such different places that I don't want to just go to some um, historical, I'm not against like learning from history, but I don't want to just go to some historical model that I don't see rooted in God's word to say, hey, fit the model or don't. So the heart is how can we like understand what God actually says about his people and how we walk with him. And so like I came back and I don't have the answers I'm asking you to pray with us because like when I heard that like the thing that was so good in January was the worst in February, I'm like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I don't know how to, I, I'm not, it's not that we're trying to please everyone, but we're trying to serve the most people. Does that make sense? And so like, I love that right now Jim can be here on Sundays. And I remember making a decision at one point, like Jim whose work schedule is something he doesn't even like anyway, the decision that we felt like we needed to make was gonna take Jim out of whatever was happening. I'm like, Jim, come to my house every Tuesday. <laughs> come help us work on the house. And that became our church for Jim because that's where he could meet at. So we're, I'm asking for feedback from you. Again, not just for people in the room, but if you're listening to this, like, please give feedback. But this week, like Luke and I have been meet, meeting and going through John 13, 14, and 15 the last few weeks. And I just came to a spot and I just want to ask you, what was impactful as we read this? And I'll kind of try to prayerfully sew this all up here in a couple minutes. But we came back to a place this last Tuesday that just reminds me, this is all about him. This is all about Jesus, right? And so, tell us, when we, were, when we were meeting and we're talking through John 13, what were some of the things that stood out to you, specifically as we're going through John 13 and 14? Both the things that were like really cool to see and the stuff that was kind of like, ouch! <laughs> so John 13, um, verse one. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And then it goes and said, like, then it was supper, and the devil had to Judas, and Jesus washes his feet. Um, but it was significant 
like in looking at these words. Jesus knew his hour had come to leave the world and return to his father. It's like he knew who, who he was, what his purpose was, where he was going. And he loved that empowered him to love to the end. It literally says that he loved to the end and, and washed Jesus' feet. Um, and then it, go, it goes on like into, into later in the passage, Jesus is saying, do as I do. Uh, and then in John 14, so I guess understanding who you are, like what God is doing, who you are, that empowers you to serve and watch people speak, or else it's just exhausting and burnout. Uh, and then also going into John 14, this was like a big moment for me of, I've always read the verse, um, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done, even greater works, because I'm going to do it with the Father. So it's like, bigger miracles! More than five thousand. Like, that's always how I've thought of that. Uh, but the, the context is like, he is washing the poop off of Judas's feet, who's going to murder him, and then he's like, even greater things will you do. Even greater than that will you do. Even greater love than that. So I've had a lot of thoughts about what, what <laughs> even greater works means. And it's been crazy, like, in your life in the last two or three weeks, as we've been walking through this, the opportunity to be like, I don't want to watch the poop off someone's seat right now, right? And so to recognize there's this place where, I mean, so we start out the conversation with how do we abide in love. That was our goal we're going to try to get to. One of the first things is in that passage you started with in John 13 we abide in love by remaining in love. Jesus loved till the end. And there's a place that we, we, we love to the end. And, then, and I love what Luke just said. is like we, once we know who we are, it frees us to then move into a place of service. Jesus didn't wash their feet because he had to because he was a servant. It was actually offensive to Peter that he was going to. But because he knew who he was, it freed him to serve. And I think... In family, we need to be, I'm looking out to some of the people I feel like you are the mature and the maturing brothers and sisters in our community. We are maturing brothers and sisters in our community. And we need to not feel like we need a position to serve, but you, utilizing the security that we have in our relationship that frees us to serve. Amen. And that's so important. I love what Susan said about worship. We only think of worship as I love, I, I walked in after being at the funeral home and I walked into the atmosphere of people have been worshiping God for three and a half hours and I knew there was gonna be another 12 hours to come after that. And like, I got through my set, my voice was blown out. I got through my set and I listened to Isabel. I was hoping she would be here and just, hey Isabel, can you just like minister to the Lord for a few minutes today? Just like being in a place where people are just loving on Jesus and song, guys, it's worth doing there's Old Testament and New Testament models and it just never stops. It just, it was worth doing and cultivating. And I don't know that we'll ever have 24-7 worship happening here in this room. That's not necessarily my goal, but I want to be a part of a ceaseless band of worship and prayer and praise that's happening because the Lamb is worthy. But if that becomes our thing and all we ever do is sit and sing songs and we never move into a place of watching each other's feet, we've missed the example of the one that we're to follow. He said, you don't know what I just did to you. I just left an example for you. And it's to, to do this thing of like, get the crap off of each other's feet. Like wash each other's feet. Take care of each other. It's stinkier feet you will wash than I'm washing right now. 
That's what he says in John 4. You will do greater things. Like the way that I've just served you, you're going to have an opportunity. And so we walk in places and we recognize our own brokenness. And like, how many of you have had the thought in the last three months, I just wish so-and-so would grow up, right? <laughs> well, guess what? We get a chance to wash their feet and encourage them to grow up. Yes. Jesus, I mean, we have this idea of Jesus washing people's feet as like this big sacrifice, this showy thing. But if I were to come up there and wash your feet right now, that would just be weird. Because you don't need me to wash your feet. Jesus was just doing the thing that needed to be done. And no one else did it, so he did it. And I think that one of the offerings we can make to God is just quietly, humbly, doing the things that need to be done for people who cannot do the things themselves. Like if I if I brushed your teeth too, that would be weird, because you can brush your own teeth. But there are some people that can't brush There's some teeth. people who can't. You know, so I mean, we end up, go over there and yeah. help them. When the, when the deck collapsed and I could do nothing, and Adrian was having to do all these things I've been doing since I was two, it was very humbling. And then I recognized, like, Cody was, like, giving Justin, like, having to take care of him, like, bathe him and help, like, different people. Doug would come and help, like, do things because, like, he couldn't do it himself. And it's like, this is the thing. You know, Kyle left, didn't he? Kyle showed up this morning at 1030 because he lost a bet with God. He was playing a video game and he said, God, I might need your help for this. And God said, you're going to, that's what he said. God said, you're going to need my help. And I said, well, if you help me with this level, I'll go to church on Sunday. So Kyle shows up here at 1030. My dad and John Paxton are hanging out, having some one-on-one time. And but Kyle was our building set up this morning. He was a set up team this morning. I've been praying more in the last month for God to bring forth administrative gifts. Like I'm happy to come in here and sweep floors and do that stuff. But I know if I'm doing that, I'm also not sometimes following up with other things I'm doing. And Kyle's just like, hey, I thought church was at 1030, but can I help set up? And so like Kyle set things up because I'm sure there's other people who'd be happy to do it if there was enough administrative bandwidth to make sure that that's not happening on the Saturday night or the Sunday morning ahead of a meal. But Kyle was God's provision this morning. And if it wouldn't have happened, then we would have been even later getting started because it wouldn't have been set up. But Kyle sanitized your tables and he did what needed done. And that's the point. Greater things. Luke was like, shoot, I thought this meant something different. Anything else there? Um, We got into John 15 a little bit. And, oh, this isn't too off, but I feel like there are a lot of questions. And like a lot of people are doing a lot of deep thinking right now after all the questions about Nehemiah and questions about church and all that stuff. And John 15 is incredibly simple. Like it's incredibly simple. So John 13 and 14 lead us to what Jesus says to the disciples in John 15. And I'm just going to read it. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they'll produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you, so remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you're made in me. Um, so I think an area, an area of like repentance for me is really wanting to prune my own branches and like understand what the right thing, understand what God is doing and like figure out a way to get there. Uh, when in reality that, that doesn't work and that's not what we're called to do. And if we try to figure out church and figure out the answers to everything, like it's not going to work. And he's, he is the one who prunes. Um, so like making space for that. 
making the space for him to develop that and, and give him that place as we like work through these things as a, as a body. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. I spent most of my life trying to prune my own branch and just recognizing that's not my job. What's the invitation Jesus gives us? It's to abide in him. Remain in him. And I just wanted to like, when I was thinking about, I mean, I've, I've wept trying to tell the story of me and Luke having our conversation this week so many times because right before you get into chapter 15, Jesus promises to give us the helper. He promises to give us the Holy Spirit. And that sounds really good and encouraging, but it also, if you read it in context, you realize, I'm going to need help to wash me. I'm going to need help to follow him. And he promises not to leave us as orphans, but he promises that, that we would have his strength, we would have his help. <clears throat> Look at me for just a second. We're going we're gonna to land the plane, right? If he is the vine and we're the branches, then the greatest thing that we can do together is be really committed to growing our own connection to the vine and making sure that we're encouraging other people to grow their connection to the vine. That really is, in essence, I mean, our mission statement is to disciple, equip, and release sons and daughters of the king to impact every sphere of society to the glory of God. In teaching businesses about branding, we, we talk about like the, your mission is what you do or what your core purpose is. Your vision is how you're going to do it. And what we simplified and came back to is following Jesus together. And I just want to encourage us that like, I've learned so much from Nehemiah. I would have loved to come back and giving you the diagrams and all the stuff I feel like God was doing. And here's the things I've, I feel like, but I felt like we just need the simple reminder of coming back and recognizing it's all about all the miracles and the exploits that we can go do. That was such a big moment for us to share together. And this week when I'm just reading, like Luke was having a hard morning on Tuesday. And just to go back and say, hey, it's not about us ever getting to a place where we're producing grapes without the vine. Like, I just feel like, and I, I've known this for a long time, guys, but I still feel like I'm looking to either clone grapes build grapes, manufacture them, or get to a place where I become the vine and I'm able to do it on my own. Like that's what Christian maturity is supposed to look like. My greatest invitation and your greatest invitation today and tomorrow and every day for the rest of our lives is to grow our connection to the vine and trust God with the fruit. And take him at his word. Like if you feel like you're trying to prune your own branch, like go to the scripture, go to 15 verse 2. Where it's like, and just say, God, you promised that you will prune me. Like, you will cut off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. So come do it. You promised that if I remain, you will remain in me and I'll produce fruit. Yeah. So come do it. You promised that when I'm here, you will give me rest. Like there, there is provision for that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pray in just a second. Does anybody have any other feedback? I'm gonna ask you my question. Does this make sense? Yes. So what is church? It's the people of God, the family of God, the, the building, the bride, the body. Our purpose. To glorify, to edify, to share. Right? To glorify, to edify, to overflow. What does it look like? 
each have this own individual thing. We have our family dynamics. We have so many different things. But what does it look like for us to be committed to follow Jesus together? What does it be committed to us to give our lives, growing connection with the vine, and being in a place where others can do that? Let's stand. I'm going to just read those first couple verses. We're going to pray. Maybe one day we'll be in a, you know, we'll have 150, 200 people in this room. We'll be in some other room. We say, let's stand. We'll have a nice synthy thing. Come on, the lights will dim. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Maybe there'll be, maybe there'll be, a, maybe, maybe there'll be harps and some people with uh, little timbrels on their fingertips, you know, and they can come and do Davidic army dances. Dance. Yeah. yeah. Hey. There's a, that's it. Hey, Angie, there's a prophetic dance team right there. The three of you. <clears throat> All right. April 2nd, Paul Sunday, come back and see it. Let's, uh, let's go. All right, let's just, let's just get our hearts. Can, can we just take 30 seconds? Can you just try to get your heart? I'm going to read these first few verses. Can you just get your heart? This is our worship today. Let's listen to the words of Jesus. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God forgive us for where we've overcomplicated things. Forgive us that we've tried to, for whatever reason, you know, I think we live in a world that has taught us that we are what we can make of ourselves. And I don't want to be a self-made man. I don't want to look at what I can accomplish and think that's my purpose. Would you draw us after you? Would you draw us to a place where we learn what it means to grow in connection with you? God, I thank you that in every season of our life, that word is, is present. I thank you that in every season, whether we're single and the people wanting to be in the prayer room at two in the morning, to where we're trying to manage toddlers, they're just trying to find energy to make it through the end of the day. And every place in between and beyond, God, we just confess that we need you. Father, would you take us deeper in what it means to be blessed because we are poor in spirit? Father, I pray as a church family, God, it seems like we are both in a place that is so frail 
and also God coming into a, a different season of fullness. And I pray that we would not be intimidated by this moment, God, but that we would lead in and we would press in. I thank you it's not just a call for you to abide or for us to abide in you, but you also make a commitment that you abide in us. That Jesus, you committed that you would make your home in us as we make our home in you. So teach us to be present. Would you come against everything that would make us feel like we gotta go feed 6,000 people? That we would be free to know that whatever we're doing with you is what, what matters. We would be free to, to wash the feet. We'd be free to speak peace to the storm. We love you, God. God, I never want to be lazy or careless and use that as a reason. But God, I just say, from a place that's honest, I know that I don't have things figured out. I don't think any of us do, but God, we really want to be people that set apart for you, that loves you and glorifies you, that loves each other, and that gets a chance to love and show your love to people who don't know you. God, we want to see the gospel preached to the poor. We want to see the lonely put in family. And if we try to do those things without you, we will end up burnt out and exhausted and shipwrecked ourselves. But if we would just, would you just help us to learn how to grow in this place where you're providing our life and the fruit's coming because of you. Father, may we not fight against the prudent. May we not try to do it ourselves. May we not fight against it whenever you do. We love you, God. Would you bless and protect your people? We love you. We say thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're just going to turn some music on. We're going to start to clean up. There's not a not as much stuff to clean up today as there sometimes is, but we'll still need some people who can help, so if you can, I'll make sure you do that. Um, and just be watching for announcements to come out with more details on the stuff for April. Alright. Over and out. Can you go ahead and post that thing for each other? And the question for you. When you get the announcements this week, if you did not do it last time, can you please listen to that like seven minute clip from the prophetic word from January 7th and review those five questions. I think what Angie said was really important and really fit in with what I, I sense in my heart is let's, it'd be really good for us to know what God's asking each of us to do, but also the things we need to believe and be unified for together, how we're, how we're moving together. Thank you.